Chris, welcome, man. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. So I want to just talk about your career through baseball because you played baseball for quite a long time. So let's just start. Like, when did you start playing baseball? I started playing baseball when I was five years old. Um, T-ball, coach pitch, and yeah, I played other sports as well. But I've been playing since I was five. Okay. And uh, when did you start getting really competitive with it? Com- competitive-wise, I would maybe transitioned a little when, around the time I was 11 or 12. Um, and not, I wouldn't say competitive like, like it is today for kids with all the travel ball and stuff, but just into a transition into a better league where there was uh, more more players that were at a higher level. So that was the probably the transition, and that was from uh, Little League to the Pony Baseball where you could steal bases, more of a real baseball. Got it. And did you have like, you know, your obviously your dad and your parents are there, but what type of encouragement did you get like as far as like a mindset goes to play? Because, you know, playing baseball – you fail most of the time, so it takes a certain type of individual to get over the c- consistent failures. Yeah, you know, my, my dad was a big baseball fan and played baseball um, into college, so he was very happy to have me playing baseball, but I was never pushed or anything to, hey, you have to do this. Uh-huh. Uh, like I said, I played a lot of sports, and they were happy to have me do other activities and play sports as long as I was doing something. And, and at that point, it was really up to me, but they were more encouraging than anything not not getting down on me. I mean, the only thing that he would ever really say is, Hey, you got, you got to play hard. And if, if you're not playing hard or, or being a good sport, then that's when I would, he might get on me a little bit, but nothing for performance related or anything like that. Okay. When did you start to realize that you were pretty talented at the sport and you were better than everyone else? <laughs> I don't know if there was ever a point where I was like, "Hey, I'm I'm way better than everybody else." At, you know, I was thinking about it when we were getting ready to talk, but I, I always, every level I was at, I was always thinking, "Well, hey, I'm just as good as all these other guys, better." Um, where these guys are, let's call them prospects. Yeah. And especially as you go up, it was like so. I just kept seeing the ability to get to the next level and to get to the next level from there. It wasn't like a big jump where I thought, you know, "Oh man, I'm." 15 years old, I could see myself in the big leagues, but you know, every it was like, well, I'm as good as these guys from college, and then I'm as good as the best college players, and I'm as good as the guys in the pros, and that type of thing. Got it. Was there ever a time like when you're, you know, you start in high school and freshmen, they're seniors, and there's like, oh shit, like these guys are really good. Did you ever like look up to these players, or was it more as like, I want to be like that, I know I could compete with them? Because I know a lot of people, they'll look up to someone and think they don't have that ability within them. <clears throat> but then you see ones who succeed and they're like, I don't know if that crosses their mind. So was that in you? I think there were a couple times once, you know, one being when I was a sophomore in high school, we had a, a senior guy who was picked in the second round. So there were a lot of scouts around. And it, obviously he was a really big guy and strong. And, you know, I was always real small. So I think there was a big difference in stature. But as far as, you know, like just strictly baseball playing, but really I was like, oh, well, I, you know, I'm fairly, even though I'm a couple years behind, I'm not saying where I'm at the same level as him right now, but you know, I could see myself being easily at that level in a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And so I think that was one. And then going to college was a, a big thing where you walk in and guys have matured over, let's say, you know, over three, four years that are older than you um, from boys into men. And 
again, being a little bit smaller, it was like one, one day I walked in, I'm like, wow, these guys are really big and, you know, hit the ball really hard. But, you know, then once you start playing, you're like, okay, well, it's still, there's still a baseball ability to it. It's not just, you know, how big and strong you are. Right. When did you start to get like noticed by, uh, you know, colleges teams? I mean, when we were 16, you started to perform really well. You know, we went on to play in the World Series, won that. Like, when did you start to get like picked up by teams? Yeah, I think when we went to the World Series at in Indiana there, that helped me out because I got a little bit of exposure from people that aren't wouldn't normally be looking at us, you know, being just California guys. Um, but then I was playing in a league out in Summer Ball, Connie Mack, with a ton of prospects. So I wouldn't say I was getting people coming specifically to look at me, but I was around playing really good level of baseball where there was always scouts around. And I think that started to get me a little bit of notice. And I mean, that's ultimately what got me to, to go to Little Marymount and uh, signed there and go to college just because one of my teammates was going there and they were around watching him play all the time. Got it. What was your mental mind frame when you were competing? Like, let's start with high school and college. Like, what was your your mental mindset? Because I know some individuals, so you could talk about Sean who got drafted. I mean, men- mentally, he didn't have the maturity to be able to handle the pressures. Yeah, I think the, you know, when I, in high school, I wasn't, when I was a senior, you know, I thought I was definitely competitive with the guys who were getting drafted, but I, by no means did I think I was going to be getting drafted out of high school. And, you know, looking back, people are always like, oh, why didn't you get drafted? I'm like, well, I don't know, it wasn't even a thought of, um, you know, where I was at. It was just more, of, you know, I'm going to go to college and kind of see where that takes me. Um, I, like, again, I was small. I wasn't a, a pro prospect. So I think it was more of, I was always the guy who had to, to work hard. Um, you know, I was never the super talented guy who was bigger and stronger than everybody else who um, just had it easy. Because those guys eventually get caught up to by guys like me. Mm-hmm. When, you know, when, once we grow a little bit, and, and a lot of those guys just don't end up end up making it because they don't they never knew what it took to, to work hard enough at that level. But you know, I always had the I always knew what it took because I had done it for for so long to get to you know whatever level I'm at. Yeah. How important was that for you? Like just, in, uh, you know, for people who are going to be listening, like young kids, adults who want to go and do something like to put in the actual work regardless, like versus the talent. Well, I mean, I think that, that eventually, you know, in the long run, that hard work's always going to be talent. Mm-hmm. You know, all the talented guys, they get it in baseball, especially they get a lot of chances because, you know, that everybody sees the talent, how far you can hit a baseball. Yeah. They, you know, you might not be able to, hit a curveball or something like that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the hard work is probably the most important part of it. I mean, yeah, I, you know, I had some talent, but, but again, I mean, you know, I wasn't the most talented guy out there and it's just a matter of putting the time in and, and working hard at the craft. And I mean, same thing with any, any sport or business or anything like that, right? Like the guy who works hard is going to eventually over the long run do better than someone who just kind of has the immediate talent. Hundred percent. So, what? Let's go into average day. Like when you're at LMU, what was like an average day for baseball for you? <clears throat> What'd that look like? Yeah. So at school, it would be there three days a week. We'd have weights in the morning, two, two three days a week, depending on the you know if it was off season or in season. And then classes would be in nine to twelve or so. Um, and then probably one night one night a week, I'd have a night class, three hour night class. And usually practice was anywhere from, you know, 1 o'clock to, to 4.30, 5 o'clock, something like that. And then a lot of times, um, you know, I'd, I'd try to get back to the batting cage 
and just hit a little bit later on on the nights that I had had some time to do so. Nice. So until they until they kick me out because it's in the middle of a of a little residential area and and when they're banging balls around at night, it, the neighbors get a little mad. Okay, so you're putting in extra hours and getting kicked out for it. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean it's definitely you know it, you, you don't get enough. Baseball is a very repetitive game, so mm-hmm. you know it's not uh, something you just you really have to put more time than anything else. I believe because you know hitting is always a changing craft and just takes the time to continuously improve yeah so college how how'd the college career end to you getting to uh get drafted and in, in uh when you got picked up yeah I had, a, I had a really good junior year and they uh they didn't i didn't end up getting drafted so i went out to play in the cape cod league and that was good for me um had a good summer out there and then i came back i didn't have a great senior year but about halfway through i kind of picked it up so i was doing well towards the end of the year. Um, and, you know, baseball is a game where you get hot a little bit and streaky. So, yeah, um, yeah it, you know, it it ended up kind of putting itself towards, got picked up from a, a couple of scouts who had seen me play for a long time. And they were, you know, they, they really pushed for me. And they said, hey, the, you know, this guy can play. You know, let's pick him. Um, you know, I got picked a little later than I would hoped and behind some guys that weren't as good. But that's just part of the, part of the business. How was that, like, just... You know, your 19th round, 582nd pick overall. Like, mentally, what's what does that affect when you're, like, going into... Where do you start at? Like, rookie ball or is it uh, single A? Yeah, rookie ball. Okay. Um, I, I, so, the day the draft was is over a couple of days. Mm-hmm. And, and mine, so the 19th round was the first round of, I don't know, the second day or the third day, maybe. Um, which is, you know, which is fine. But, it, you know, that, I was expecting to get picked the first day based on what people were telling me. So, that... You know, that first day was a little bit tough because it was like I'm watching all these guys get picked. You know, there's guys get picked that aren't aren't good baseball players that they're picking, you know, football players. And you're like, this guy can't even swing a bat. Um, but you know, they it's it was you know, so there's some motivation there. But then once you get to, we did a little mini camp and then they split off into a couple of rookie ball teams. I mean, at that point, it's pretty much everybody's out there on the same playing field because. Mm-hmm. Because now you're out there, you know, coaches are out there to win. And there's a few kids that, you know, were really high picks that have to have to play because they have to develop and they got money invested in them. But other than that, you know, it, you know, I'd say it took me like a week or two to gain regular playing time out there. Mm-hmm. But once, you know, once I hit a little bit, I, it was pretty much hater in the lineup every day. Nice. So when you got drafted, did you have like in your mind a vision like I want to play in the bigs? I'm here now. I made it this far. Like this is what I want. Yeah, I think once once I got to that point, um, I think it would that was where it became. Hey, I'm ready to really push this forward and, and work hard because then you, you kind of see, like I said, it's more step by step. But yeah, then you see the end goal. So it was very helpful being around. Um, and then the next spring training, you know, I got to play in a couple of big league games, but I get to get to be there with see guys, you know, hit with big league guys and be around them. Um, you know, at that time, one of my good friends. Uh, Kevin Franzen had just got up to the big leagues too, so that was fun because it was like, all right, I get, you know, I know that we've played together and the the talent level, you know, he's very, um, again, another hardworking guy like myself, not a huge talent level necessarily, but mm-hmm. can, can just hit. And so baseball, you know, it's all about hitting. So, yeah. Um, yeah, at that point, it was like, all right, I can actually see where this can go, you know.
there. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm on my phone, and then uh, one of my guys called me real quick. That's all right. Um, okay, so, so what? I don't forget where we're at. Yeah. yeah so talking about in the minors, uh, you said you could see it like you the vision to play pro. Yeah, I mean, playing. It was more getting to play. Like I said, I think for me from the beginning is every time you get to play with somebody who you know is at a at a higher level, um, you're able to envision that. You know, I never I never was at the point, you know, where I said, "Oh man, wow, this guy's and you know this guy's here like he's unbelievable." I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to do that. You know, I mean, of yeah. course, there's I I mean, I played with big league all stars that I was like, "Wow, you know, he's a great player." You know, Tory Hunter, awesome mm-hmm. player. And, you know, printing all-star, I wasn't like, oh, yeah, we're the same player. I mean, you get to see, you know, Pujols hit a little bit. It's like, wow, those guys can really hit. Like, it's you know, obviously I'm not, not necessarily at that level, but it wasn't far off. It was like, I think I could work to be, you know, right. be far with that. <clears throat> um, I mean, there's the guys that have the talent. There's a talent disparity, you know, the guys that are super talented. We're like, wow, if this guy really puts it together, then that's that's different. Um but for the most part, you know, baseball, the difference in baseball players is more about consistency. Mm-hmm. So what was the it like going from, like, triple-A, like, single-A, double-A, triple-A, like, team to team? And, like, because as you, you know, you got to put in the work to get to ultimately where it is uh, that, you know, the end goal is that you want to achieve and all the challenges that come up along the way. What kind of uh, big challenges did you face in the minors? Yeah, I mean the baseball itself is a you know playing every day is a challenge. You're you know, you're never your body never feels like it does the first day of spring training. So um, you know you're it's a it's a grind the whole way through. So it's a matter of maintaining it. You know try to be. It. There you go. Sorry, another phone call. Um, you know, it's, it's trying to be as even even keel as possible and just saying, hey, like, you know, I have a bad game. You know, I can come back and do, you know, just bounce back. You, you have a few bad games. I mean, mm-hmm. it doesn't, doesn't make your season. So it's just trying to maintain a level head and consistency. I mean, that's the biggest challenge. And then, you know, especially later on in the season, you've played a lot of games. You've been on the road. You've been traveling. Um, not many days off. And then you just trying to maintain your – strength and your and adjust and um you know to really do your job without being fully 100 percent is the, the biggest challenge what's a day in the life like what was a day in the life like you in the in the minors from you know bus rides to i don't know where'd you guys like what type of places did you guys stay you, not not a lot of places i'd recommend <laughs> um, the you know the bus rides are are long and it it gets better as you go up obviously and you know, AAA, you get to do some flights, and it depends on the league, um, where all the teams are in the league. I mean, you know, rookie ball was very long drives from all the way up to northern Montana down to Utah, and where when you're at one end of the league, it's harder. And AA was Texas League to Arkansas. Those are, I mean, Texas is a huge state, so you're, you know, you're driving forever. But those, I mean, those travel days is, you know, you get to the park at, at 1 o'clock, and you got your luggage packed for a seven-day road trip. And you hang out, swing in the cage a little bit, then go, go out, stretch, take BP, come back in, relax a little bit, maybe stretch again, and you know do some things, maintain your body, and then go from there. Um, and then you play the game at seven o'clock, 
you know, that it's a different, you know, set of schedules because you're playing at seven, you're done at 10, then you got to wind, you have dinner at late, you wind down and, um, you know, you don't go to bed till one thirty-two. typically probably. It's just wind in your body to, to wind down. But even then, you know, on a getaway day, right as soon as the game's over, you everyone packs up and try to get out of there by maybe 1130 and then you're on the road and you get in and get to the hotel, try to take a little nap and no BP. And then you play that game at seven the next day. Did you ever see, um, some of your, uh, you know, team members not putting in the work and maybe like going out and staying out too late and doing those, you know, other things that might be lucrative in these small towns in their mind compared to yeah, like, I mean, going to bed yeah, early and just waking times. up early. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't say that, you know, many guys are waking up early because you are going to bed so late and the schedules just transition towards like a later schedule than, you know, like a normal work day. Right. Um, but it's still a long day. So, yeah, I mean, you know, there's there's guys going out and stuff and, and most for the most part, guys can handle it and take care of their business. And as long as you show up the next day and can take care of your business, then, then no problem. I mean, every once in a while you see some guys that get affected by it. It's just, you know, too much too much for them and not, not as much focus, but the game, it's such a grind that it just weeds, it weeds people out like that pretty quickly. Uh, so let's talk about your journey through the ranks. Like you played, uh, who'd you play single A for? Uh, uh, low A was in, uh, Cedar Rapids, Iowa. And then, uh, high A was in Rush Cucamonga. Okay. And then you made your way up to AAA, which is was the Salt Lake, uh, the Bees? Yeah, AA was in Arkansas, in Little Rock, and then Salt Lake was in AAA. Okay, then you become one of the Angels' top prospects? Yeah, I made, if I made my way onto that list, it, it took a while, but I was always considered really old because I spent four years in college. Okay, so what is old for the, the minors? I mean, at that point, I was 24, 25, even though, you know, I'd only been in my for two, three years. Yeah. But, you know, compared to a high school kid who's 18, he's you know, been playing for four or five years. He's only 22, 23, kind of at the same level. Okay. So you're playing AAA. Uh, kind of like walk me through that season of when you go from AAA and make it to the bigs. Yeah, so... Um, I actually had a broken handmade bone in my hand that that year. I think I heard it in spring training, and I was having a good spring. I went to went to AAA and made that team. It was a bunch of older guys who were, who had been on that team before, so it was a good team to, to break into. Um, and I just really got off to a hot start and was having a great year, but my hand was really hurting me. So you're playing with um, a broken hand all the year? Yeah, for the first half, the whole first half, and that was when I was really doing well. And it was it was interesting because I had to, it was just all focus and more mental focus than physical work because mm-hmm. I couldn't do as much physical work because of my hand. Um, but eventually it just got bad enough and I had to get it taken care of. So I had surgery mid season because I knew that if I was going to make it to the big leagues, I had to get surgery done. Otherwise if I just played it out the rest of the year. I was just going to keep getting worse and I, w- I wasn't going to have a chance to get it called up. So I got it done, came back, um, Struggled a little bit, come back, I was just weak, mm-hmm. and then, but kind of picked it up at the end. Um, end of the season, they told me, you know, all right, we're not, we're not calling you up, but uh, we'll, but just, you know, stay around because you might get called up. So when does uh, when does the the minor league season end? 
it ends we didn't make the playoffs so it ends i think september 7th or so like a week into september okay um so you got you get september call up september 1st the roster expands so those guys they get called up have some postseason eligibility on the first so we you know some guys got called up i wasn't expecting to get called up on the first because there those guys are already on the 40-man roster um you don't have to make any corresponding moves but so the seventh you know i was hoping to call it after our season on the seventh and then they said you know just go home and you know, obviously being local is like, well, you're, you're local that they might call you just stay in shape. And so went with, uh, my girlfriend doesn't have my, my wife now actually. And so we drove home, stopped in Vegas, um, you know, halfway point stayed the night and, uh, we were having breakfast in the morning, just kind of really relaxing. And that, you know, my phone was ringing off the hook. I wasn't really paying attention. And they called me and said, Hey, you, you know, you gotta hurry up hurry up and get here because we're calling you up for the game tonight. You're like, in Vegas? Yeah, I was like, well, uh, I guess I'll be there in four hours. Um, but, yeah, they didn't, uh, you know, it was, so I got there, caught, called up the same day as everybody else, but I didn't really get it much advance notice. So how was that, getting that phone call? It, well, you know, it was awesome, but uh, my parents actually got the call first because they couldn't get a hold of me, so they tried calling my parents to see if they could get a hold of me. <laughs> um, cause you know, I just, it wasn't you know top of mind at that point. Right. It was such a, it was so rushed. So it was an awesome phone call, but it was also so rushed. So, you know, I didn't even really have time that day to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I just rushed to the field. So you go, you make it to the field and what day is this? You get called up. Uh, I mean, it was the next day. So okay. I don't know. I don't know if it's the, I, I think it was the ninth. Do you? So, is that, I guess, so I guess the season ended on the eighth, and that was the ninth. Okay. Do, is that uh, when did you make your debut? So that night, I, I didn't play the first night. Um, I made my, my debut on the eleventh. Okay. I uh, I pinch ran, um, and uh, actually, I don't know. Last night, uh, Vlad made the Vlad Guerrero got inducted to the Hall of Fame. So for basically for that whole month, I was uh, Vlad's personal pinch runner. So. <laughs> Um, so that was pretty cool last night that he made the Hall of Fame. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I made my debut then, but I didn't, uh, I didn't actually get any at-bats until late September. Okay. So, so we were in the middle of a pennant race and it was kind of, you know, I would say I was lower on the, on the totem pole and, you know, the focus was winning the pennant race, not on getting guys playing time that were younger. Right. What was it like being in a major league clubhouse? Like what, what's the, the overall energy in there the mindset and the dedication these guys have very professional um everybody is you know focused and it's it's not like a it's towards the end of season two so obviously everybody's more tired and you're it's not as like you know exciting it's more of you know let's let's go about our business we're we're here to play and very business-like i would say mm-hmm. and you know there's guys that are having a good time but it's more of let's you know we're here to win and we're trying to make playoffs that type of atmosphere did you guys make the playoffs that year? Yeah, we did. So we won the won the AL West. So that was cool. So did you get to go and play in uh, do the playoffs as well? Were you on the team? No, I did not. Um, so they they take the rosters back down twenty five mm. or forty. So I was they I was kind of on call, I guess. They're like, hey, you know, if somebody gets hurt, we could add you. Um, but that was my only. I wouldn't. I didn't have a chance. Like I said, I got called up later in the right. September. So. They could add anybody. They could put anyone on the roster there on the first, but on the eighth, someone would have had to got hurt for me to get added. And so I was 
you know, I went out to the Dominican and they said, hey, just stay ready. But, um, you know, nothing ended up happening. So you go down to the Dominican and then is this where you get hurt? Yeah, I got hurt down there. So um, let's, what happened with that? I, there's a, there's a play at the plate. I mean, Dominican baseball is, uh, you know, very exciting. It's like a, it's like a football atmosphere, I would call it, uh, at a baseball game. So, you know, if you get a single, you get a standing ovation and the drums are going off and everybody's, the cymbals, everybody's clapping. Um, so it's, and it's very, uh, everybody's into it. So it's cool. Different atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was on second. I got hit a one-hop single to right fielder and there was two outs. So I was running and was trying to score and I was dead to rights at home. So the catcher basically had the ball. Um, and I was a couple steps away from, I was going to hit him, but I realized he was a lot bigger than me. So I didn't think that would be a good idea. So I, uh, I, I hurtled over him. I just jumped straight over him. I land, I'd land on my feet, but I had jumped over the plate as well. Uh-huh. And then, and then I dove back. And uh, when I dove back, my shoulder, I was just stretched out and my shoulder popped. Mm. Um, it didn't really hurt, but then I went out and threw and, and I was out too, which, you know, sucks. But, uh, when I went, um, and threw the ball in the outfield that, you know, it really felt really weird. And I could barely threw a couple throws and tossed the ball in. So the next day I couldn't even throw a ball from, you know, five feet. So shoulder injury, you're in a Dominican. What's, what happens next? Uh, they did a, <clears throat> they had a guy do a, saw a couple doctors down there, not the type of medical uh, facilities that you would get here. So they said, Hey, you know, what do you want to do? Do you want to come home? I said, yeah, I got it. You know, I got to get checked out. So I came here they said, we've got MRI and everything. And they said, all right, yeah, you got a torn labrum. Your options are to have surgery or rehab. Um, surgery's out for a year. So it's like, might as well rehab anyway. Mm-hmm. So I tried to rehab it, uh, for the whole winter, the rest of the winter, went to spring training was still trying to rehab it, and I had to like ramp up my throwing program. And when I when I went to do that, I just couldn't get past 120 feet, which is not, not very long far. enough throw to be playing the outfit. I mean, I would be like full curl up and throw as hard as I can, and it would you know be ending 120 feet. Yeah, that's like um, a little league field. <laughs> yeah, and and not and not and not feeling good either. So right. Um, so yeah, I, I just had to end up opting for surgery. Okay, so you take a, the whole 2010, uh, you're off for baseball? Yeah. So how was, how was that for, well, what's going through your mind there through that year? Uh, very different. Um, weird, you know, kind of a weird, you know, almost surreal year because, mm-hmm. you know, you're, I've been playing now for, what's that? So I played four years, four full years basically plus college. So it's like I've been playing this whole time, um, you know, last eight years. And now I'm just you know, not doing anything. And it kind of was, um, it was boring. And at the same time, it was like, you know, just not doing much. So I didn't tell you I was progressing much, you know, but I'm, I'm part of the team, but I'm not really part of the team because I'm not, not contributing at all. Were you traveling Um, with the team still? No, I wasn't. I was showing up once a week, um, to the stadium in Anaheim Mm -hmm. and just to check in with the trainers, but really just to be like, Hey, I'm here checking with the trainers. I, I mean, not like we were doing anything and, you know, say hi to the guys, but all the guys are focused on the game and they'll, they're like, yeah, I hope you're doing well. But, you know, other than that, it's like, you know, there's definitely a lot of disconnect between, um, you know, you're not really contributing at all. How'd you uh, manage to make it through that year? I, you know, I, 
I was at home and spent, spent some good time with my friends and, um, and my girlfriend and my family. And, you know, it was, so that was, that was part of it. I mean, I had a choice to stay in California or go to Arizona and rehab and I chose California. Mm-hmm. Um, and for that reason, because I, you know, I knew I would be around my friends and stuff. Um, and not, not just kind of isolated. So, you know, I, a good support system and yeah. people around me that, and spending time and that type of thing. So you, how long does the rehab last for the shoulder? I mean, I would say it, to, it was lasting about six months or so. Okay. So once you're ready and you get the okay and you can throw further than 120 well, feet, what, what happens next? Yeah. So, so, well, I mean, six months would be more rehab and starting a ramp up throwing. And then eventually it's like, all right, now we really got to work on the throwing. So, I mean, there's more rehab, it, you know, it's full, maybe full year until you're there, but okay. the initial full rehab six months. So I was ramping up my rehab program, um, come next, the next spring training, which was just about a year out. And so then it was just learning how, you know, new shoulder, I got to learn how everything works, figure out what, you know, what kind of throwing schedule I could be on and, when I can work out, when I can lift weights, because, you know, if I lift weights in the, uh, in the morning and then I go out and throw in the afternoon, is it tight? Is it hurt or, you know, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. So did you get invited back to spring training with the, with the team? Yeah. So I was back in spring training the next year in 11. Um, and I was kind of on a, you know, my own schedule program just because I was, had to really take care of my arm. Um, you know, I think what, I actually made the team out of spring training because I was doing all right, but you know, I would, it was, it was definitely tough because I hadn't seen live pitching for a year. Um, and so that's completely different, you know, baseball is just, you got a repetition hit, see, mm-hmm. see pitches all, all the time. And I was probably not as strong as I would have liked to have been upper body wise from a just pure, um, you know, weight and weightlifting and strength perspective. Cause I was so focused on my rehab. And it was all going towards, you know, making sure my arm was protected. I know that's like, I mean, I had the same thing when I stopped playing baseball. because the labor and went away when I was 18, getting ready for college. Yeah. Um, what are the odds? Like, I mean, you probably got to see a ton of guys with shoulder injuries. What's usually the, you know, what were the doctors? I know there's one thing what the doctors say, but what your body and what you're willing to go through is a whole nother thing. But what's usually the, the case, the history with coming back from a shoulder injury like that? I think as a position player, it's a lot higher uh, percentage of comebacks because I don't have to go, I don't have to throw, you know, at 90 miles an hour again. I don't have to have the best arm. I, you know, it has to be accurate enough and serviceable. But um, I never had to, you know, throw 95 and, and or throw a certain speed with a certain curveball that I used to throw before. Right. Like a pitcher. Mm-hmm. So I think a pitcher is, is probably a lot harder. But at the same time, you know, a pitcher, you know, I was doing my rehab focused on solely on my arm, which a pitcher might be able to get by with. And by the time I got around to get the weightlifting part of it, <clears throat> I was just a little bit weak. So my, my bat speed was a little bit slower. So, I mean, it basically took me a whole year, I felt like, to get my bat speed back and timing a whole year after, like, of playing to get that back. So I had a bad year that year. Um, How long did you stay yeah. on the club for? So I stayed on the club for a couple weeks, didn't get much playing time, and then went down to AAA, and then eventually got put back down to AA. Um, How was that going from, because now you made the majors, you got the shoulder injury, you made the spring training team again after your injury, then you get the triple, and you're, now you're you're going back down. Yeah, from the yeah, I was going the wrong way, that's for sure. So um, at least the AAA was no, no problem. I mean, 
it's part of the, you know, the, that's part of like the business side right. of it. And it, and I wasn't playing in the big league, so I knew I needed to play, especially not having played the year before. It's like I gotta get at bats. That's the biggest thing. So that part was no no problem. You know, hey, I'll be back whenever things kind of clear up. I mean, we had a lot of big money guys in the outfield stars, so it was like, well, we'll just if someone gets hurt, I'll be ready, or if someone gets traded, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but then going from AAA to AA was tough because I was like, well, you know, let me work it out up here, and I don't think that I didn't think that was the best thing for me, right? Um, for multiple reasons, and obviously that they they did so. Um, that part was definitely tough, and you know, I just tried to keep a you know a good. Um, good attitude about it because there's a lot of younger kids in double a so you know the attitude is important but um yeah that, that was kind of the toughest part of it i guess would be going from triple a to double a did you have a major league contract when you're going through that so yeah it's like a split contract mm-hmm. um you know it's you're still getting paid a certain amount in the minors but it's based off of other stuff um it was like 40 i would call it the 40 man minor contract so yeah i mean it was a better contract than everybody else has too right. so because i was looking yeah. at the average salary of like a double a player was like seventeen hundred dollars a month yeah so um Which yeah is... a lot of people think you're in the minors and you're making a lot of money right that's... Not. um well, you know when i was going back down once you're on the 40-man roster then you you get and you're in the minors you get more of what i would call a normalized salary right like maybe 30 to thirty thousand or sixty thousand, and there's some other escalators in there um, but yeah, so I was making normal money at that point. Yeah. Um, so what was going but, on from you getting, you know, obviously you had the shoulder injury. Was it that you just never came back to a hundred percent? The, the strength for you to get, I mean, you know, go down from the shoulder. To yeah. I was so, so focused on my shoulder. I, I felt like I didn't get strong enough. Um, and, and you know, you, you can't spend the, during the season. It's not the time where you can add strength. You don't have the. There's not the capability to do that during the season. You have to do that in the off season. So I mean, I really couldn't add strength until the off season. Got it. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I I was you know I was healthy, but it, it just never. It was just not a good year, and didn't didn't put it together. Were you starting to think that maybe you weren't going to make it back? Um, no, not not really. I mean, I felt like you know, it, baseball is a type of game where you have a lot of um, you have a lot of, you know, there's a lot of luck involved and mm-hmm. it's, you know, you work hard, you, you get lucky, you get some hits, you get unlucky, you, you know, you don't get some hits. And I'd say the difference, you know, I actually had decent, um, peripheral production numbers that year with, with runs and RBIs and that type of thing. But my average was I think, below 200. So, you know, more of an average thing. A lot of it came down to, I, I did hit, hit some balls hard and once I could never just get it going. So I felt like you know I did all right with what I with I worked with what I could work with, right. and that you know I, I'd be that I could get it back next year. So from Double A, you went down. The Dodgers picked you up. Yeah. So then I kind of ran into the business side of baseball that off season. Angels got a new front office, and I was basically the first guy they let go because you know I didn't. They didn't have any ties to me. They didn't know anything about me. They just knew I had a bad year. I was on the 40 minutes. Like, Hey, let's clear a spot. Um, <clears throat> so I cleared a spot, I think for CJ Wilson, um, when they signed him and then, and then I, you know, but they still had my rights. So even though they, they didn't fully release me, they just took me off the roster. Mm-hmm. So I was still 
contractual obligation was still to on my behalf the angels and then i didn't get invited to spring training so at that point it was like hey i see the writing on the wall with you guys like if you're not you don't want me to be a part of the you know the team like you gotta let me go yeah and so that timing was not very good though because that was all the way up in january and they had already um because that's when i found out that they didn't have me to spring training. I was just assuming I'm off the 40 man, which would have been fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I get invited to spring training, then I'm, and I'm good. Yeah. But they, you know, they didn't invite me to spring training. So that was kind of the, the writing on the wall. We asked for my release and they, they gave it to me. They said they'd resign me at a, a lower number. Um, but I, you know, it just not, it was a different front office. So I just didn't feel like it was any benefit. So mm-hmm. yeah, I got, I signed with the Dodgers had a really good spring training, just kind of got caught in spring training stuff. If you're not somebody, you know, you're not somebody's guy because you're, you know, you're on the outside looking in all the time. It's a, it's kind of a numbers game. Okay. And so, I, you know, I just got caught in the numbers game. I was, I made the AAA team, and then I was right before I was getting ready to go. They said, hey, we we, we had to drop a guy down from the big leagues, so and he cleared waivers, so he's going to be in AAA, so we're going to let you go. So you're on the Dodgers AAA team, and then they're like, they don't even offer you to go to the AA team? They just let you go? No, you know, they, yeah, they said, uh, they're like, you know, we thought about offering, you know, saying you could go there. But, but again, they have, you know, they have some younger prospects where they thought it was more important for those guys to play every day than, than for me to just go to AA just to be filling the spot at AA. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of that, you know, you're caught in between a little bit, which, you know, I can, I respect that. And, and they actually, uh, you know, they had prospects that need to play. So it's all about, you know, teams want their prospects to play all the time and, um, and space. I mean, there wasn't just because, you know, you don't make, you make the triple A team and they're not going to force some other kid down that they need to play a double A and put him into a ball. So there's a little bit more of just like, it sounds like there's a little bit more than just talent at stake here. And like people who are performing, there's a little bit of like, cash involved and politics as far as like who needs to specifically play and get brought up and groomed. Yeah. Well, there's money and there's uh, you know, contracts like I was on a free agent contract. So that's a one year contract. Some of these kids are on, you know, seven year contracts. And so, you know, it's easier to let me go and it doesn't hurt you or, but if you, you know, you hurt, you put down a kid who's in his third year of his seventh year contract, you, you know, you have control over him and you have five more years to see if he's ever going to pan out. Yeah. Um, you know, or, or you have invent more money invested in them. So yeah, there's some of that. I mean, I didn't, I didn't fault them for, you know, that just came down to a numbers and the business decision. It wasn't a bad, um, you know, bad move by any means mm-hmm. on their end. So you go from the Dodgers to Bridgeport Bluefish, who I'm not, I'm not familiar with that team. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, uh, yeah, that's a, um, an independent ball team. I went there for, I think I was there for two days, signed a quick contract with them, didn't ever, never played in a game. Huh. Um, and that's kind of where, you know, you can go. It's, it's, there's a lot of guys who have played in the big leagues, played in triple A, played in double A and it's, and who aren't picked up at that point by an mm-hmm. affiliated team. And then you, so it's some place you can go to keep playing and then hopefully get picked up. Um, I was there for two days and I got a call from the Mariners and then I was like, yeah, let's, you know, I'll sign with you guys. Um, I, I quickly realized that you know it's not as serious in the independent ball thing. I, I didn't think it was, didn't think it was for me. So, okay, so that's that only a two day experience. Yeah. Okay, so then let's kind of take me through the the remaining days here of like you know what's going on in your mind as far as 
getting back to baseball? Is there other things <clears throat> you're starting to think of now? You're you're playing for Seattle. Kind of take me through your journey through Seattle, the Rockies, the Orioles, and your final days in Mexican Baseball League. Yeah, so the, I mean, then I started, you know, from there, after I got released for the Dodgers, the Dodgers actually, actually recommended, um, told the Mariners, hey, you should sign this guy. He had a good spring for us, uh, you know, so that, you know, that was a, that was nice. It was mm-hmm. a help. So I had a kind of leg up because in spring training, you know, not every team gets to see everybody. Right. Um, you know, it's a couple different places and it's, and there's different, there's tons of games going on at the same time. So, you know, somewhat, I had a really good spring with the Dodgers, but there's no stats to that besides like what the Dodgers have, of course. And there's no, um, other teams don't know, wow, this guy was, you know, looking good, except for the couple teams that he played. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I signed with the Mariners. They had some prospects that got hurt, and I, you know, I, I did pretty well there, and then uh, again got caught in the in the shuffle a little bit where they, they had some their prospects all got healthy, so they're like, well, hey, we're gonna have to let you go because we either got to play, you know, that's that's that, and then um, you know, so a week later got picked up by the Rockies because then you had some stats to back it up. Mm-hmm. So I finished the season with the Rockies, was doing well. Um, we made the playoffs. Had a good, had a really good ending with them. Um, were you on the uh, what was were you on the the ML the club or is this AAA? No, I was in the so I was in AAA for a couple weeks and okay. then AA for maybe a month. Uh-huh. Um, and and it, you know again it's like you you start to become more of like a fill in guy and and you're trying to get at that point it's like I'm trying to get to get to a spot where someone's like hey I really like this guy let's see if we can you know, utilize them. Right. And so I, you know, that year I had a good, I had a really good year, you know, the rock, I did well with the Rockies and, um, but again, it's just more development style. It's like, do, is this someone who's going to help us? You know, and obviously no one saw that I was going to be the guy to, you know, push their big league team over the top. So they were more concerned with developing the younger players, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and doing, and doing that. And so then I got picked up by the Orioles for spring training, um, went there, Another good spring, but just no space. Uh, they they had a lot of guys, so no space. But they got me hooked up with the Mexican league team. Okay. Uh, so after there, spring training's well. over, you go to the Mexican league team. Yeah, so I went to the Mexican league team. That was fun. Um, you know, people really care about baseball. And that was a pretty good level. What of baseball, part of Mexico? I was in Cancun. Oh, okay, not bad place to play. Yeah, so <laughs> not bad for. But you know, we did tour through, um, you know, some lesser places. But it was kind of cool. I've never been to the. Uh, I guess the southeast side of Mexico. Yeah. You know, I was in the south of Mexico. I never really been to the south of Mexico before, um, and way and east too. So mm-hmm. it was fun. Um, and you know, again, I'm playing to get back. Um, got a call from the Twins and then and the Orioles, but the Twins had called me first. So I said, "Yeah, I'll come back with you guys." Um, went there, and then you know, once I went to the Twins, and then again, and then didn't do well. Went to the Orioles, didn't do well. It's like I, I just wasn't. Um, I just wasn't productive at that time. So how old were you, you know, at this time? Let's see. I would I was twenty eight. Okay, so I mean, you're still young. Just older for yeah. I mean, but older for baseball. I mean, at that point, I was you know those were both double A teams, and it's it's just more about you know I never really caught fire. It you know got hot at the right time to make it make mm-hmm. anything happen. Um, you know, didn't play as much. Got it went back to the world, didn't play as much, um, and then you know just had a bad. Um, bad year that year, and when I when I came back to the states, so just never made the adjustment. Mm-hmm. So what what when was the when did you decide to hang up the cleats at least in a professional manner? 
so I, yeah, I, the next year I was, I worked out that whole offseason thinking I was going to play, um, but I didn't want to play independent ball, so I kind of waited for the phone to ring, and, you know, my agent was up there working on my behalf, but it never, never just came to fruition. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's just one of those things that I said, hey, you know, if, if it doesn't work out, and, you know, I'm opening one in Mexico, I was had a contract to go back to Mexico, but they, they ended up going another direction, and then, um, you know, Mexico, there's not a ton of places to play in Mexico because every Mexican can only have um, six foreigners on their team. Okay. So there's a limited number of spots, but then, you know, never got picked up. I gave it a couple weeks in the, in the spring, and, you know, I got called by a bunch of independent ball teams, but I just didn't have the interest in doing that. Mm-hmm. I just got, just got married. I was like, look, you know, I'm happy to move on if, you know, this doesn't work out. I, I'm not going to just play baseball forever um, just to play baseball. Yeah. Was there any interest in uh, Asian baseball? Maybe like Korea, Korea or Japan? Yeah, I mean, I had, I, I would have, you know, explored it. Um, the type, the type of player I am doesn't fit as much with what they, what kind of American they want. Uh, they prefer like either power hitting Americans or hard throwing Americans mm-hmm. because, and, and I wouldn't put myself in the, in the power hitting category. So more of a you know line drive contact type of hitter, right? And that you know. The Asian um, Asian hitters are very contact oriented and, and fast. So it, you know, for them to just sign me, uh, you know, you they probably think that's not the type of player they want because they have a lot of that type of player already. Got it. They want the power, the guy who's hitting home runs and um, and that. And that that just wasn't wasn't me. Right. So you decide to hang up the cleats, at least professionally. And then how does that? What do you? How do you decide what you want to do now? Do you still want to be a part of baseball? Do you want to be a GM? Do you want to, you know, coach? Like, is your vision with baseball over, or is this something that you're like, I, this is this is a part of my one of my destinations in life, and I'm gonna go on to you know another career, another type of um, occupation here. I think for now, you know, I put it, I put it, I put it aside. Yeah. But um, at that point, I looked into it for about a year. I looked into coaching a little bit, and I looked into front office stuff. And I'd love to love to be a GM someday. Um, you know, I, while I was playing, I I actually went back to um, I got a scholarship and through University of Phoenix, I went and got my MBA. And so that those last few years, while I was traveling and playing in Mexico, Puerto Rico, I, I was studying and getting my MBA. What'd you get your um, MBA in? So uh, with an emphasis in accounting. Okay. So business uh, business with emphasis in accounting and so I thought you know that was more of a hey I want to further my education but you know I'm not even sure if there's any um, many people out there who have there's who have played in the big leagues and have an NBA you know maybe one one guy that I know of besides myself that I could say that about right um, so you know I thought the transition I thought I would be a good candidate for a front office mm-hmm. um, position but it it, it didn't kind of come to fruition the way I thought they were very, uh, they wanted me to start very low, you know, Dodgers offer me an intern position. Same thing. You offer a kid coming out of college. who's never played baseball before in his life. Yeah. And, uh, so I just kind of laughed at that, but I interviewed for a couple scouting positions and it just didn't seem like, you know, on both sides, like there was a fit. Um, and I had some good conversations with a couple teams and, they liked me, but they yeah, they were you know very honest and said, "Hey, I don't know if this is what you really should be doing." Um, 
And I, you know, I kind of saw that as well, but I, I gave it about a year to explore some baseball opportunities. Mm -hmm. And I feel like there was fits at the time. And, you know, I, I do think there's a possibility that I might act that route in, in the future and, you know, 10, 10 years or so or something like that, re-explore. But uh, it just depends, you know, who's in position of power that I know or who's who's there that's, like, worth talking to and exploring that opportunity again. Right. Would you still like to contribute to the game and <clears throat> be involved in that in a way of as a profession? Yeah, I think if it, if it worked out for me, you know, I'm not – it, a lot of you know a lot of people think like oh you know you've been doing you just did baseball forever like you're naturally just going to only do baseball right and I don't think that you know I think I have other aspirations and I don't think that that's you know for me baseball wasn't the the be all end all it was Got just it. kind of a hey, it's a great opportunity and mm -hmm. that's something I love to do you yeah. get paid to play the game that's I mean who who wouldn't love that that's right? every I mean every kid's dream who plays baseball knows yeah. mine at one point yeah so I mean that part you know. But especially early on in my career, it was fun. Even, you know, I wasn't I wasn't making any money, but it was fun. And then if the daily was awesome, and then you kind of get hit the business side a little bit. There's a little bit more um, pressure, a little bit more uh, other outside influences that come into play. But I think you know, I, I do love the game, and I, I'd love to get back. I I struggle to figure out exactly where I can best give back right now. You know, I have with my family. It's like most of my time is devoted to the kids, and I think I, you know, I'd love to get back and help some kids out, but there, there's so much stuff out there, you know, that people think you're stepping on their toes if you're um, offering to help out and that type of thing. Mm -hmm. What was the? Um, did you? Did, was there any type of like depression at all leaving the game and transitioning? What like what do you? What is it you do now? Yeah, right. So now I, I sell apartment buildings okay. um, for investment in real estate mm -hmm. and. I, you know, I didn't get into that until at least after a year I was out of the game. Right. Uh, I, at the time, I wouldn't say there was any depression when I was doing it, you know, looking at baseball jobs. And um, I coached at a JC here for a little bit just to kind of help out. Um, you know, but now looking back, I'd say, you know, yeah, there's, you know, I don't know if I would call it depression. It's a strong word, but there's some um, sorrow. Yeah, maybe sorrow and disappointment. And yeah. like, man, I, you know. Guess you know this didn't work out for me, and then where? What do I want to do? I, you know, it's maybe a, I don't know, a good way to put it is trend. It's just a transition that you're right. trying to figure things out. Um, you know, and I, I see myself as maybe having a little bit easier than a lot of guys. You know, I, I don't. I think a lot of guys might have a tougher time with um, just based on their background. I mean, a lot of a lot of high school kids get drafted, not educated. Uh, you know, I don't know where where those guys go. And I know baseball is trying to put together, MLB is trying to put together a transition program. Mm -hmm. I think that that's good. Um, but it, you know, it's definitely a different, difficult time. So what what back, would you, you know, give? Some, yeah. Some what would you, what kind of advice would you give to someone going through, you know, that <clears> type <throat> of experience where, you know, from one career all of a sudden to a whole nother career, like, you know, people have different transitions, you know, from could be a divorce, whatever, but in your experience, if you know, if you were to give some wisdom to a, a young man or a young woman, what would you like to share to assist them through that? I think, yeah, I think that the biggest thing I would say is try to talk to as many people as possible mm -hmm. uh, get your, to get your story out. I mean, it's not that I had you know some tremendous story. You know, I, hey, I just made the big leagues and I, um, you know, I have my MBA. But if the more people that you could get that out to, you know, not even in the not even in the sense of you're looking for something yourself and say asking for anything, just 
hey, I want to, you know, here's here's what I'm doing right now. I'm mm-hmm. looking for a job. I'm looking for a job. Here's my background. This is what I was doing. Um, I think that if I would have done more of that, it would have been more beneficial. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I wasn't in a point where I had uh, where I had to really press to find something like a, an immediate job right away. I mean, I had a little, a couple little side jobs and stuff, so it was like, all right, things tied me over um, from a monetary perspective. But mm-hmm. I, I think it's just more of if I would have been more proactive in in talking to as many people as possible. But you know, right now my my job is a lot of um, trying to talk to people in, in regards to this business. So it's like, I, I kind of look back and say, Hey, if I would have applied like what I'm doing now to just generally looking at jobs or contacts, like I would have probably been a lot better off back then. Mm-hmm. All right, man. Well, listen, I really appreciate your time. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I appreciate that it. Was a, that was a fun conversation to have hearing uh, the journey of a major league baseball player and all of what you guys go through. Yeah, sounds good. I mean, if anybody has any questions, they can throw them on there. I'm happy to answer any feedback or anything like that.